Hello and welcome. Uh, this is Ekoi Ivy and this is the MMA reaction. I think today I'm actually just gonna do a UFC 226 rundown because this is probably the most anticipated card of the year thus far, UFC wise anyway. And well, why the fuck not? So uh, UFC 226 is Saturday, which is tomorrow, today's Friday. And it uh, will have a headline of Stipe Miocic versus Daniel Cormier. And then everyone knows Holloway versus Ortega's off the table now. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but let's start with the very first fight, which is Jamie Moyle versus Emily Whitmire. Her nickname is Spitfire. I don't know anything about these two women, unfortunately. Uh, I'm gonna go with Spitfire, because uh, she got a nickname and Jamie Moyle does not. Um, see what happens. Next fight pass fight, or I guess this is the early prelims, the UFC fight pass part. You got Gilbert Burns versus Dan Hooker, which is actually kind of a sleeper fight. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing this one on the FS1. Um, I'm not sure why they're on fight pass, but um, good fight. I like both these guys. Uh, I'm leaning towards Hooker. I think Hooker's a stronger prospect, probably. Um, probably looking. Probably decision. I'm not sure. Um, so the first fight on the FS1 prelims is a guy named Curtis Curtius Millender, and he's facing a guy named Max Griffin. His nickname is Pain. So that's like prototypical, like tough guy nickname for MMA fighter Pain, which is cool. Except for Curtis Curtius. His nickname is Curtius. Curtius Melender. That's interesting. Because of that, uh, I'm gonna say he's gonna win. Uh, they look pretty even. They actually, they both have quite a few fights. Uh, Curtis is 15 and three, and Max is 14 and four. Um, according to UFC's website, Payne Griffin is has a 50% key to KO TKO rating, where Curtis is only at 40%. Um, yeah, see what happens. Uh, they're both welterweights, and uh, they look pretty evenly matched. But I like uh, I like Curtis because it's a cooler nickname. And now we are going to see the return of Lando Groovy, Groovy Lando Venata, Venata, I think that's right. And he's fighting a guy named Drakkar Close, which well, yeah, I don't remember the last time I saw him. Uh, Drakkar's eight one and one. Groovy Lando's nine two and one. Also a good fight, good matchup. Could be a a real uh, back and forth. Uh, fight, I think. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. I think it should be, and I like Lando anyway. He's just kind of an entertaining guy. But I'm thinking that that my vote goes for Groovy, Groovy Venata. Uh, next fight is Hafiel Sunsal versus Rob Font. Also a really good fight. Um, but ranking wise, Hafiel is number three uh, in terms of bantam weights, and Rob Font's 11. Give or take whatever the fuck that means. I mean, I know that rankings are all done by UFC people, so who knows how accurate they are. I mean, they're all subjective, so who the fuck knows. But uh, I think Rafael probably wins this. I'm not going to say easy, but I think he skill level. I mean, I have him pretty, I mean, a, a couple levels above Mr. Font. Uh, I don't see Hoffalvin too much trouble. I imagine he's going to get the takedown and then work for the submission. If he can't get a submission, he'll probably uh, win a decision, I'd imagine. 
Next fight, which uh, uh, here's the real, uh, the, this is a real good fight for the, the main event of the prelims, is Uriah Hall versus Paulo Costa. Um, now, Uriah Hall is 14 and 8. There's eight losses. But I, I bet you, if, of all those eight losses, he probably had the potential to, to win every fight that he lost. Um, I mean, ever since we've seen him on The Ultimate Fighter, I can't remember which number that was. There's a million of them. But everyone knows that Uriah Hall is just a, a mental case. And so he really got his, his brain really has to be in the fight to win the fight. But I think when he's on point, he's probably one of the toughest guys to beat in the entire roster of the UFC. Um, however, Paulo Costa, I mean, he's an impressive dude. He's 11 to 0. He hits like a truck. He's got a 91% KO TKO rating, which is fucking legit. Uh, both these guys are stand-up fighters. Should be a pretty good kickboxing match. Uh, Paulo Costa is the more active striker in terms of uh, how many how many how many strikes he lands per minute. Um, however, we all know how explosive Uriah Hall is in terms of his ability to one shot quit anybody with his hands or his feet so it should be a really good fight i'm leaning towards paulo costa uh mostly just because i like him and I, I think he's a a rising star in the middleweight division not that in my opinion mean shit but you know what i mean so the first fight on the main card the pay-per-view portion is going to be gohan saki gokan saki versus khalil roundtree jr this will for sure be a stand-up fight none of these guys are going to wrestle they're probably not even gonna clinch maybe a tiny 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 bit of clinching but um despite Saki's obvious stand-up acumen his ability to kickbox I don't think that he's gonna completely overwhelm uh, Roundtree I think Roundtree's really good striker I think he's especially when there's no risk of any kind of ground fighting um I think he's got a real chance to, at the very least, be competitive with Saki. Uh, Saki tends to be way, way, way more active in terms of uh, volume. But he also takes a lot, too. He he's, doesn't have the most legit defense out there, but either does Roundtree. So I'm expecting a lot of swollen eyes and a lot of bloody lips for this fight. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to say that Roundtree Jr. takes this one. It's kind of bananas, but let's see what happens. Uh, next fight, Michael Chiesa versus Anthony Pettis. Now, Michael Chiesa was supposed to fight Anthony Pettis. Was that one? What number was that? Two, two, three? I think when McGregor went bananas and ended up throwing throwing the dolly to the bus window, and Chiesa ended up suffering from uh, uh, lacerations on his forehead or whatever, which is kind of fucking um, kind of scary to think about that. But <clears throat> anyhow... Uh, he's going to get his chance at Anthony Pettis. And I think, I really think that is uh, going to win. Um, and I don't really think he's going to struggle that hard. As much as everyone, and myself included, loves Anthony Pettis. Just something, he just doesn't seem to have that competitive drive or, the, or he just doesn't have it like he used to. And I don't know, I mean, I don't know... I don't know if it's a it's it's a, a drive issue or if it's maybe his body's beat up. He has been fighting for a long time. He's got 27 fights in MMA, uh, professional wise. I don't know how many amateur fights he has, and uh, I think he's just he's taken a lot of a, a lot of wear and tear, and he just doesn't seem like the same guy that he was 
when he was the UFC champion and particularly when he was in the UFC or WC. Now, obviously, when he's in the WC, he was a younger guy, a lot, lot younger. But he doesn't have that same, like, with what he used to do with Pettis is that he could win with submissions. He could win with his striking. He can win with his scrambles. I mean, the guy was... was was a legit threat, at least at least a, a double threat in terms of of sub game, and his his stri- striking ability. Uh, never been a great wrestler, but um, I don't know, man. I just I haven't seen uh, I haven't seen Anthony Pettis look like the, the Showtime Pettis of old in a long time. I am glad he's back up to 155 pounds because I know that 145 cut was was murderous to his body. Who knows what kind of internal organ damage he's done to himself for cutting that much weight. Um, as much as we all love him, man, I just don't think that we're ever going to see Pettis compete at the level that he once did. Um, Father Time is undefeated, man. And uh, I think right now, Kiesa has got a lot of momentum. I think I think right now he's really coming to his own. He's much larger than Pettis as well. Um, if you look at the stare downs, I didn't quite realize how much bigger uh, Kiesa was than, than Pettis, but it's, it's pretty obvious. So... If Kiesa, which he probably will, right? Because he's he's a grappler. If he if he can make Anthony wear him all the time, if he, he if he starts in the clinch before he gets to the ground and just kind of hangs on him and wears his body out, I think I think we're looking at um, if not a submission victory, which 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 let's be real. I mean, it's very difficult to submit Anthony Pettis. Super difficult. So I'm I'm presuming right now that Kiesa is probably going to have a sub or have a decision win over Pettis. Paul Felder and Mike Platinum Perry. This is a uh, this is a good good matchup. I don't think I don't think everybody gives uh, Mike Perry the credit he deserves because he's such a character, you know, outside of the cage. But he's a really good fighter, and um, he's really good fighter. And I think um, he's one of those dudes that will be ranked, and he will be uh, a household name, so to speak. If he's not already in the future, he's, he's, he's no joke. However, I don't think that he's going to be able to deal with the stand-up of Paul Felder right now. I think Paul Felder's too good. He's, uh, he, he's coached by Duke Rufus, who's you know, a renowned Muay Thai coach, striking coach, kickboxer. So I think right now, in the current state of things, Paul Felder, if he doesn't TKO him, it's going to be a clear-cut decision uh, over Mike Perry. That's what I think. Now you have Francis is back, and he's going to fight Derek Lewis. Well, if we learned anything from this D-Bay fight, we learned that Francis has heat-seeking missiles in his left and right hands, works those all the time, Some ridiculous power. Um, but that's a about it and if rumors are correct and I mean what the fuck do I know I don't know but if rumors are correct the guy's not really working on anything other than his boxing and his standing strikes I don't know if he really has good kicks either but we know his hands are lethal and he can literally put anybody out in the heavyweight roster I don't care who you are he's got enough enough physicality and just natural God-given power to put anybody out to include you can put Derek Lewis out however Derek Lewis's skill set's higher. I think he's probably a slightly more technical boxer. And let's not forget that Derek Lewis also possesses 
outworldly, unworldly power in his hands. He, he, he's also a, a knockout guy. He can easily do that. Um, I seriously doubt that this is going to go on the ground. However, if I'm Derek Lewis and I'm, I'm trying to look at this smart, I looked at, and I watched the Stipe fight, uh, 100% I'm using my wrestling. Let's not forget, Derek is a wrestler. He is a good wrestler. Um, I would, I mean, I would, I would maybe even ground a pound, just take him down and just smash him on the ground. Uh, make, make Francis work, get him tired. Um, these are both big boys with not known for their cardio. So, I mean, it might be like a gangbusters round one. And if nobody goes out, we might be looking at like a, uh, a long, a very long two more rounds of just exhausted giant human beings uh, sweating all over the place. But I'm going to... I'm gonna go on the limb here. I'm gonna say that Derek Lewis can get it done. I think, I think, I think overall he's just a better fighter right now. Uh, Francis could easily surpass him later, but I think right now in this current state of things, I think Derek Lewis gets it done. Hopefully, uh, he has no stomach issues like he did in the, I think it was a Travis Brown fight, but nonetheless, Derek Lewis gets done with wrestling, with ground and pound. That was my prediction. Okay, so the main event, obviously the most, Important fight on this card now is heavyweight champion Stipe Miocic versus light heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier. Uh, Daniel Cormier is 20, 20 wins, zero losses, no draws, and one no contest. So really, though, let's let's be real. He's he's twenty and two, um, and then Stipe is eighteen and two. This might not be a popular opinion. But I really think that Daniel Cormier is going to beat Stipe. And I don't think he's going to he's gonna blow the doors off of him or anything like that. But I think if you if you remember Cormier's fight with Frank Mir, I'm pretty sure it was Frank Mir, where it was not a super exciting fight. It was basically where Daniel Cormier beat him up in the, in the against the fence in the clinch. So he had some dirty boxing and just basically just out-grinded him. I think this fight's going to go the same way. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that this fight is what everyone expects it to be and these guys put on a show and you see the versatility of both men and and see some back and forth exchanges and some wrestling uh Stipe can wrestle 100 percent Stipe can wrestle i don't think that anyone's just pure wrestling even if wrestling for mma is at the level of what daniel cormier could do we're talking about a legit olympic wrestler and somebody, let's not forget, he's undefeated in the heavyweight division. And he picked up Barnett and threw him like he was a three-year-old. So I, I just don't think you can underestimate Daniel's wrestling. I think Stipe's striking is maybe maybe a half a notch above Daniel's. But Daniel Cormier has very good very good crisp boxing particularly at closer ranges um, I think if this fight is left at distance I think Stipe is obviously going to win because he's he obviously has he's like 6 foot 4 I think he's tall oh he might be a little tall he's like 6'3 six, 6'4 six, um, he's going to have the size advantage obviously but that's nothing new to Daniel Cormier um, he's been dealing with that even at light heavyweight he's not a, he's not a real tall guy so he's really good at closing distance and that's i think that's why he's so good with it those little short punches is because uh and that's just how he's had to learn to fight just on his own his own uh physical frame um strength wise i don't think that stipe is going to be any stronger than daniel uh particularly in the clinch particularly in close range 
Um, if Daniel wanted to wrestle him the whole fight, I think he probably could. Although, um, I think Stipe's good enough to get up. That's why I kind of think it's going to be Daniel pushing him against the fence most of the fight. All five rounds are probably going to be against that fence and dirty boxing. It's going to be Stipe's ability to cut the angles and not get got backed up into the fence. I think the difference for Stipe might be his kicks. If, if Stipe can establish... Um, some leg kicks, some body kicks, maybe some front teep kicks, something like that to, to keep Daniel from closing the distance. I think he might be looking at a different fight. And Stipe is super capable of doing that. He, he absolutely can uh, can kick the legs off of Daniel if, 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 if he wanted to. And I don't know what his focus, obviously nobody knows what his focus is for the camp, uh, what his game plan is. But I think if I'm Stipe and I want to be Daniel Cormier, I'm staying at distance. Right. If I'm six foot four and he's, I think Daniel Cormier's five ten, five eleven maybe with some shoes on. I think, I think what I'm doing is I'm, I'm keeping my distance with my kicks. Those kicks will eventually open up the, the punches and I pick them apart and uh, get the win that way. Having said that, I still think that Daniel Cormier is going to win this fight uh, and he's going to become the second only si- simultaneous champion and heavyweight light heavyweight um if that happens if daniel cormier gets the heavyweight title don't be surprised if he drops the light heavyweight title and i say that because i don't think he likes cutting weight who does nobody likes cutting weight and he likes to eat man and i think if he can be competitive at the very highest levels at the heavyweight division which is notoriously a little more physically competitive than heavyweight. I mean, um, why not? Why not? When I say the heavyweight champ, your, your best friend Kane's probably not going to be fighting uh, for a title for a while or if at all. So I, I think he probably drops that light heavyweight title and, and just remains the heavyweight champion um, until he gets enticed by Jones or something like that, which could, could, could happen. But um, then you have to ask yourself, the obvious question, right, is does that make Daniel Cormier the GOAT of MMA? Fuck no, it doesn't. Now, if if Daniel Cormier has even won one, if he won one of his fights with John Jones, and I realize that one's a no contest, so he's 0-1-1, whatever the fuck, that doesn't matter. Everyone knows, the public opinion is, is that the, the greatest fighter ever, if it's not George St. Pierre, it's for sure John Jones. My opinion, John Jones is the most talented, most epic human being to watch fight mixed martial arts. GSP's the greatest of all time in terms of resume, in terms of longevity, in terms of legacy, in terms of professionalism, in terms of sportsmanship. George St. Pierre right now is the greatest of all time that we've ever seen in MMA. I don't know if he'll stay there, right, because uh, if Jones gets his shit together, comes back and continues to do what he does, it's going to be unarguable that he'll be the greatest of all time. But nobody will have the accomplishments of John Jones. We're looking at a real, uh, a real Muhammad Ali type legacy for John Jones, and I don't think anybody is is on his level. I just don't. Like when you watch his fights, it's barely competitive. And then the only time it's competitive is when when Jones had a two and a half week training camp, coked out of his mind. So. Um, Daniel's never going to be the GOAT because he can't beat John Jones. And that's 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 not that shouldn't be looked super negative against Cormier because 
he has he he checks all the other boxes in terms of being the greatest of all time. In terms of he's beat the who's who, and he's a two and he can be a, he potentially might be a two division champ. Um, he's got a, he's got great sportsmanship, right? He's a good ambassador of the sport. He's a good human being. I don't think people give him enough credit for like just being a good guy. I think he's a really good guy. Um, I think he's a phenomenal fighter, and he's going to be one of the greats of all time for sure. Um, unfortunately, because he fights in the same division as John Jones, he'll, I just I don't know how you can um, really put him in that conversation realistically. Um, so that's what I think. I think I think uh, I think Cormier gets it done. Um, okay. So Holloway, real quick, Holloway got uh, removed from the card because he had, I guess, uh, concussion-like symptoms. But they didn't, they didn't actually say, oh, he got he got KO'd in, in camp sparring. I'm assuming, without having any real evidence, that he must have had some sparring uh, sessions gone wrong, or he got clipped, or he got hit. Because um, the reason I say that is because if it was like an accident where, like, say he fell, he got in a car accident, or he was doing something else, fell and banged his head, I feel like they would say that. I feel like they would identify that as the reason. But nobody wants to talk about pre, pre-fight trauma, especially if it's from sparring. So I'm assuming that's what it is. And, I, and really, I'm hoping that's, that's, what it is. that's what it is. Because if Max Holloway is... Um, showing signs of like CTE because of cumulative damage over his fighting career that's a whole different that's a whole different thing that's a serious thing that means that that means that he's you're he's never going to be able to fight again he's going to you know get the Freddie Roach or the Muhammad Ali treatment where he's going to have some serious issues due to head trauma or taking shots and I really hope that I hope that he just had some hard, hard sparring sessions and got his bell rung one too many times, and he's not fit to fight. That's what I'm hoping for. If it's a cumulative damage over a career, that's a whole other story, and um, you're probably looking at a retired fighter if that's the case. And like I said, they don't have a lot of details. Maybe we'll get more um, as time goes on. We'll see. Uh, it's very unfortunate. I was this was the Holloway versus Ortega featherweight title fight was my pick for fight of the night it was my most I, w- I was more interested in this fight than the main event i wanted to see this fight i love brian ortega i, wa- I love watching this fight and i like i like the ortega gets beat up and still wins that's what i like everyone likes that rocky style hero right where they can't they, they just keep trying to keep trying to keep trying to keep trying to, and, and eventually just their their effort and their ability their 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 attribute of attrition gets them the win they end up submission uh, winning by submission or just a fifth round and he has to win and he does it um Admittedly, uh, his last fight with Frankie Edgar, he—I mean—he blew the doors off Frankie. Um, the whole—I mean, there was no, there's no, there's none of that stuff. But all his previous fights, it was kind of like a rocky story where he was just get, kind of getting his ass handed to me, and handed to him, and he ends up winning anyway. So my heart goes out to Ortega. I feel really bad about that. Um, well, not, I don't feel bad like me, but I feel so, I mean, I, I, my heart goes out to him. I feel bad that you know you, you put all this time in a camp. It's a huge fight for him. And then it gets pulled. I'm assuming the UFC is going to pay him the show money anyway uh, for putting all the work in. But that's really unfortunate. Uh, hopefully, Holloway gets the speed recovery and we, and we run it back and just see what happens. Um, side side news, uh, Chuck, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz are going to fight in Oscar De La Hoya's MMA promotion. Um, 
Yeah, it's exciting, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that we're going to see anything we haven't seen before. I just see, I see Tito getting TKO'd. Um, they've already fought a bunch of times before, and it's the same result. So, uh, okay, I guess that's what we're going to do in this this age of MMA. So we're going to see dudes dudes that have been retired for a long time. I mean, Chuck's been retired for ten years. Ten years, he's been re- like officially retired. So that's a long time, and I love Chuck. Chuck Chuck's obviously uh, right up there with my favorites of all time. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, retirement party again is Rampage versus Vanderlei. I mean, who wants? To, well, the first two in Pride were amazing fights, and I was so torn. I remember being a fan of watching these, and I'm I'm watching. I think it was twenty Pride twenty nine. It was a tournament, and Rampage beat. Or I'm sorry, Silva beat the brakes off of Rampage. But that was all. That was a tournament, so the argument was, oh, well, Rampage was tired uh, from the other previous fights, and that's why I won. So then I think it was, I can't remember what number it was, but the second fight was like the one of the one of the scariest highlights of all time when Mendeley need Rampage into oblivion. He needs him through the ropes, and then you see, and I mean, knocks him out cold, and then Rampage is hanging in between these ropes and you see blood pouring out of his head from those knees that Vanderlei had given in the in the pride days Vanderlei was the scariest human being ever there was there was absolutely nobody as as terrifying as the axe murderer in pride and that's also helped by you know mexican supplements and and how we all know that was encouraged in pride and we know that that um Vanderlei was was partaking um, because when he got to the UFC he looked like a completely different guy and in their third fight uh, Rampage finally put him out and so the deal now is they're both older guys who's in better shape Vanderlei has fought for a really long time um, I'm suspecting his chin's not miraculously improved you know uh so I'm assuming that Rampage is going to win this probably by a left hook knockout. Um, the same punch that knocks Vanderlei out in every fight is that left hook. Um, and so they'll be two and two, and they'll have to run it back one more time. So we'll get five fights between two of them eventually. Um, yeah. All right. I feel pretty good about that. Uh, I'll check you guys later.